Cobox is secure. I think Cobox is their exchange. Uh, the companies have been dissolved. They're both totally a part of Blocktopia now. So I don't know what Blocktopia is, but just by association, it's I don't know. is new company. <laughs> Cryptopia is back as Blocktopia, <laughs> and they've partnered with the other exit scams. That's great. Hello. Hey, everyone. What's up? Welcome to Flagship Friday. This is our episode 182, Flagship Friday number 73 in a row. That means the last 73 Fridays we've been doing this show. And uh, we're going to go over the current events uh, and happenings in the crypto community the, over the past week. And uh, the Crypto Basic Podcast, just for those who have never listened, it's it's there so, to give the crypto community a place to learn about their favorite projects from a perspective that doesn't have as much technical knowledge, but is more just, you know, explaining it as simply as we can. And uh, we, we, yeah, we always want to keep it basic. So keep it basic. Yep. Oh, hey, Brent. How are you doing? Hey, what's uh, up, man? Oh, this is, a, a, I, this is unintentional payback. We did an interview <laughs> yeah. where Brent forgot to introduce me for like a minute. It was like it was yeah, a minute and a half. It might have been two minutes. And I was just like, hi, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> hey, it's Adam. Me. Yeah. Um, it's easy when you're doing video, but not a podcast. I didn't say a single word. But so, yeah. Uh, I have a couple things I just wanted to uh, tidy up from a few weeks ago. So yeah, on the last episode, I said yen. Is it the Chinese yen? No, that's Japan. It's the yuan, uh, as uh, Brent Googled and found out is how you pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, in China. you had me doubting my... I'd always called it the yuan. I read it like the way it is. Now, technically, I was actually pronouncing it a little bit wrong. It should be like yuan, but... I actually just thought it was the the one like like <laughs> <laughs> no that's the coin in Mexico Adam it's the Jesus. Mexican yuan <laughs> so also I did and uh from a few weeks back with one of our uh, episodes with Kareem I forgot to answer the question who I would want to get the uh the celebrity who I'd want to get the same tattoo with. And I'd say it's probably Russell Westbrook because I just respect his heart and uh, how much he puts it out there on the court and how chilly he is off the court. And I don't really know what that would be. Maybe we'd just get like a, a high five. Yeah. Oh, cool. The, Terrible that's answer. Pretty cringy. Yeah. How do you, you get you could even tattoo a hand on your hand and it would be like the high five. Yeah, I honestly, I don't know, like, a, I couldn't think of anything, like, meaningful to get uh, that <laughs> would be related to us each, you know? Like, I don't know, Russell. Maybe we get an Ace of Spades or something because he loves poker. Something dumb like that. Cool. Have you played with him? Uh, no, but he plays in Oklahoma a lot, and apparently he was there at the win a few weeks ago. He loves the win, loves PLO, loves No Limit. He's pretty tight, apparently. Makes sense. When I, I played with Sean Marion one time. He was super tight. I think you were there. I don't know. I don't. Where was this? The win. <laughs> Maybe. I played with Monge played with him th- during that one trip where you won like 2006. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember playing with him, but I played with Nelly once before and he was also very tight. Apparently, he just grinds a lot of cash at the commerce. Interesting. Yeah. So, also, the last thing that uh, I wanted to just mention. Uh, I had a dream with Vitalik in it the other night and the dream was we were at lunch, me and him hanging out with one of our fellow friends. It was 
unknown who that was. It was like That's a great. cafeteria setting, and uh, we started talking about esports and how owning a team was a good idea. And Vitalik was just like, "Yeah, if you're doing esports organization, I want you in. I want to be in. I want to be involved." So, in, in, me and Dream Vitalik are opening an esports team soon. I'm unsure what we're going to call it. <laughs> I'm, I'm completely normal, not insane or anything. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And uh, we're almost ready to do rapid fire. Last week, we did not have any uh, anything that was released. Brent's been recovering from his uh, nose tampon situation. We don't really have to revisit uh, all the ins and outs of that. I think he went into that. And uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up, actually, next week. Interview with Monica from Quaintance. How do you say it? I'm not sure. <laughs> no, Monica. no, no, oh. no. Her name is Monica Quaintance. Oh, that's Ma- not Ma- the project. That's that's her name. And oh, uh, she's from the Cadena Project. <laughs> Oops, I'm sorry about that. From the Cadena Project. And yep. uh, we have Brett Ritchie from Blitz Predict as well coming out in a little bit. And what are we doing, Brent? So we just recorded that. We're gonna we're gonna get that out to you after. It'll be coming after the Cadena one. Uh, even though we recorded it before this flagship, it, it was pretty cool. We were talking about the intersection between gaming, esports, and crypto, and all that stuff. So, um, you know, he is part of a project, but it's not like he was there shilling his project. He was just talking to us. Adam's known him for twelve years, so it was an interesting conversation. I was actually giving a talking about uh, IOST. Oh yeah, yeah, iOS. They, so okay, so the reason we haven't released anything earlier this week is I had to reschedule basically everything from my nose situation. I'm fine now, as you can hear. I'm not nasally or anything like that, or I can speak like I couldn't last time. And they haven't rescheduled yet. Uh, not, be, not that they're not going to. They've been in contact with me. I just don't know when we're going to actually get that one out. Cool. Now, uh, let's move on to the rapid fire. Brent, you want to uh, start us out? All right, I'll take them. So, the die, Maker's die, the stablecoin is now on Coinbase, not Coinbase Pro. It was already on Coinbase Pro. Coinbase Pro has a lot of different options. Coinbase itself does not. Coinbase itself has a much more limited selection. So the idea that they're getting behind a decentralized stablecoin is big, in my opinion. I really appreciate that they're doing that. They even have their own stablecoin, and they're willing to do this. So uh, now that I'm not banned from Coinbase anymore, I'll say good things about them. Uh, So that's, That's that's pretty cool. I just wanted to mention the 60 Minutes piece that aired last week. Did you have any funny interactions with people? Not really. People have just been talking about pizza a lot, so I went and got pizza yesterday. That's all. Yeah, I mean, there was like uh, I had someone asked if I should get back into Bitcoin or uh, another one. His dad was like, should I buy Bitcoin cash? So, I mean, regardless of what they're talking about, it's good that people are asking questions now. This is just like another reason why adoption is imminent. I am getting a lot more of the random DMs, uh, the random messages that say, you know, hey, I want to talk to you about this project or tell me what to buy, that kind of stuff. And that is kind of indicative of, you know, just people FOMOing or whatever you want to call that. But no, no non-crypto-y people getting too hyped up on me yet. Cool. Uh, So... The Ethereum Foundation actually got $30 million in funding for a dev upgrade earlier this week. This was actually $19 million of it was dedicated to the building uh, Ethereum of Tomorrow. 
uh, over the next 12 months. And this includes a scaling upgrade for the much anticipated plasma. And uh, that's also been dubbed Ethereum 2.0. Why do things have to have all these like kitschy names? You know, I get it. What do you mean? Why do they have to have these kitschy names? That's like the point. No, I know. They're just hyped. Internet 4.0, you know. Uh, yeah, the but, points are important. You have to have those dots. Yeah. So another 8 millions to support current Ethereum mainnet. And then uh, last 3 millions for dev growth and uh, organizing the early DevCon, which would be cool to go to, to be honest. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what that's all about. Yeah, we're not developers, but I'm always interested to see that kind of stuff. And so a lot of times, if it works with our schedule, they will provide us press passes uh, for these things. So we will if there's a conference that makes sense we'd love to go there if you're a conference that wants some clout in the space and you want to have a real guest headlining your conference you can reach out to us and we're available to hire as well such a salesman and <laughs> uh now do you want to take this next one it's a pretty easy one but uh i put it up there i no, go ahead you put it on there you, you can read it <laughs> but i put up the last two i put yeah that's fine keep going it's your rapid uh, fire man we're, we're right, 10 fine. minutes in Okay. All right. Tim Tim Draper, the famed investor who basically was very early on Bitcoin uh, years ago, said that he was at a conference, SALT conference. I've never heard of it, but I guess it's an investor conference of sorts. And uh, he said that by 2023, he believes it's going to go to 250K Bitcoin and 5% market share of the earth. That's literally what he said, <laughs> of the earth. You know, of, not yeah. of the earth. <laughs> that sounds like a like an item you would get in an RPG. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, you have the sword of the earth. There you I go. Guess. And it's Plus an ERC eleven fifty five token, <laughs> non fungible. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So the last one, last thing was actually just announced. I think today, uh, AT and T now accepts Bitcoin. Uh, that you can now pay with your bill through the My AT and T app with Bitcoin through using BitPay, and that's also a pretty big fucking deal. And anytime you can use it anywhere, it's really cool. Yeah, uh, you know, I've I've basically spent Bitcoin at Whole Foods um, because in the Cash app you can just trade it very very quickly, and then you can swipe your card, and your card gives you ten percent off if you're using the Boost, and then you. Uh, you you've turned your Bitcoin now. If that if that goes up, then whoops, you know you're basically Bitcoin pizzaing. But yeah, you don't want to buy pizza at Whole Foods anyway. Yeah, actually, they had a cherry pizza once that I swear to God, I've never had. I've had it once, and it, I don't like cherries at all. But there were cherries on this slice of pizza. It might have been in Austin actually, and it was unreal. I have no idea. Never saw it again. It was great, but otherwise, let's wrap this rapid all fire right. up. And enough move on to enough our, of the cherry pizza. Let's talk about somebody who has never popped a cherry in his entire life. Craig Wright. Adam, tell me about what this douche nozzle is up to now. Uh, uh, that's what he's up to. So, yeah, he, <laughs> he got the registration rights. He tried to get the registration rights copyrighted to Satoshi. And then, I guess, the U.S. Copyright Office... The next day, it was like, oh, wait, it's super easy to copyright anything. It's you know, not like, only easy. There's no due diligence. It's like a fee that you pay. $55 it costs. A $55 fee. So it's not even a big fee. It's no. less than registering a company. And all they do is say, okay, somebody filed a copyright. 
that's it. There is no, okay, this person isn't, it's not the trademark and patent office or anything like that. This is just copyrights. They don't do any due diligence. I could have filed this and all of a sudden there were all kinds of news articles all over CoinGeek, which is the one that Calvin I owns. There was a Google notification that said Satoshi Nakamoto and then in parentheses it said Craig Wright registers copyright of the Bitcoin white paper with copyright office. And it's like, God, I hate that everything about this. And no, nothing. It's literally nothing. It's more of him doing his dumb trolley shit that he does. I don't know why he, where he gets off. Like, what in his mind is this shit? He's just thinking of all the different ways he can have an article written about him by somebody who's stupid that they interpret to him being Satoshi. They're like, oh, he had an email. He, there was this email. But like... Only if you're a complete idiot do you believe that the email that you're talking about actually pertains to him because all you have to do is look at it and the hash says that it doesn't. This is the same thing. If you read, oh, fuck, Satoshi Nakamoto gets the copyright, uh, it's Craig. Like, yeah, okay, you can read that and then all you have to do is do one level of due diligence and you no longer have that belief anymore. So <laughs> Charles even tweeted out. That it would be a shame if the U.S. patent, or I'm sorry, the uh, the U.S. Copyright Office got DDoS attacked by people filing saying that they were Satoshi and, and on top of Craig Wright, which is a bad idea because if you file these fraudulently, you actually can face consequences. So that's yeah. what I'm hoping happens here. Craig can actually get a consequence for filing this and lying. So the more he gets involved in this shit, the more likely it is that he's going to come crashing down. And I, I for one, can't wait to see it. But at this point, it doesn't matter. If you currently think that Craig Wright is Satoshi, it does not matter what happens for the outcome of that case. It will not change your mind. So you're not listening to this podcast if you think that, because I don't think we have a single listener that believes that. We have a much better crew here. And, and if you are listening and you do think that, well, you need to do your research and you need to realize that you're wrong. Yeah, apparently they forgot to do their own research when they before they announced this. Whoever, apparently it was a press release saying the US government recognizes Craig Wright as Satoshi, but of course the US Copyright Office did not. And yeah, they actually put something out that says that they don't. They're like, "What are you talking about? We don't think that this." They said it in the negative. They never said it in the positive. They've said it in the negative. This is a complete non-thing, other than it's just more of Craig flailing his arms around trying to get the money that he tried to steal from Kleiman and uh, and Hal Finney. It's just so much. There's always just a lot going on, and I, I just don't really understand what he's trying to prove. I know that this whole. So I actually did not know about dave Kleiman, right right he was one of the candidates for possibly being satoshi who has not been proven incorrect it's crazy how many conversations i've had about and i've just assumed it's how finney i even watched like the beyond bitcoin documentary and they i feel like they didn't even mention dave Kleiman in there did that i mean did you watch that I don't remember if they did or they didn't he's he's a figure that really you only start to find out about if you're in it because he never went around broadcasting that he was Satoshi or anything like that. The reason most people know who he is is because Craig has a posthumous lawsuit against his estate trying to get millions of dollars from him. Yeah, but by saying he's Satoshi. <laughs> but here's the thing. So 
I'm, I'm reading his Wikipedia, Dave Kleiman, and it says that it, like he had involvement with Craig Wright. So I'm not saying that Craig Wright is Satoshi, but it Craig can't. was involved with all these guys. Like he's been around since then, but he can't write code that's been proven because he copy and pasted code and forgot yeah. to change even the part where it's like, if you copy and paste it, this is the part that you need to change. I don't really know code, so I don't know exactly what that was, but it was after somebody told him he didn't know how to write Hello World, and then he wrote it, but they found the thing that he copy-pasted it from. So he doesn't know how to do computer code. He was just like around these guys, and I think three years ago is when he started that lawsuit. Kareem actually reported on it one of the flagships. Um, yeah, maybe May it's a 2016. Yeah, it, it might be a good idea for, for a full episode to dive in and see what's going on with the lawsuit. But basically, Craig is dragging their estate, their family, down and trying to sue them for the equivalent amount of what he says he's owed in Bitcoin. But he's not suing for the Bitcoin, he's suing for the money. If I understand it right, because the Kleiman died and his private keys died with him. So Yeah, so it, it says that Kleiman, Wright, and two others performed a recorded Bitcoin transaction in like early 2009 and then the lawsuit claims that 2008 and 2013 they mined over a million bitcoins and that craig wright lost the money it seems like a mess i'm definitely down to do a deep dive into all of it because i mean he died hal finney died there's two people that you know it's gone it's gone correct yeah you know that's the part of it it's tough once somebody dies their coins are out of circulation so Really, we don't have two, 21 million Bitcoin ever going to be created. It's less than that. It's even more scarce than you think. Yeah. Uh, so how do you think that this is going to... Uh, so, you, so you believe that there's going to be a uh, fallout for CSW pretty soon? Hopefully. I mean, he's getting involved in enough stuff legally that I don't think he has the right direction on. I don't think... He's a patent troll. He's He's always been a patent troll. And... He doesn't, there's no downside to being a patent troll. That's why it's so scummy. Like you can just, you can just attack all these patents all you want. But I think there is a downside to claiming you are something that you're not. So hopefully, and, and I'm looking to Peter McCormick for this because he's the big public person that was attacked by Calvin and Craig. And he's literally posting all the documents on Twitter. I wish we'd had him on the show after this had happened because then we could really talk to him because on the on the show that i had him on it was he even said like do you really think that there's no chance craig is satoshi and i'm like well you know nothing's 100 percent, but yeah it's it's maybe non-zero but that's it and uh then he compared it to like flat earth but but yeah he was that was before he got sued but (laughs) so the next topic you want to uh, chat a little about that with um one of my favorite coins actually but uh go for it yeah, this was just kind of cool. Um, Engine is teaming up with Microsoft again. Now, they've already made partnerships with Minecraft. And Engine, the Engine company before the Engine coin, already had partnerships with Minecraft, which is part of Microsoft. But they have created a new server called EngineCraft that is actually going to use the Engine coin. It's in a closed beta, and they have blockchain assets inside that server so you can take them between games and you can find them in the blockchain. So it's it's pretty cool. Minecraft is still a massive game. Um, and it's it's a massive game for a generation that is used to digital assets. So everything starts somewhere. And, uh, you know, like we just discussed with Brett, it'll be really cool one day when you can take a gun from CSGO and you can put it in Fortnite. 
or yeah, at least these, a skin. These non-fungible assets. That, I, I know we've mentioned it before, but the ERC 1155s, I'm pretty sure is what they're called. And uh, they're definitely a type of token that you can get that you can... Uh, I think Engine actually has some sort of involvement with them or ERC 721. I'm not, you know, both of those. And yeah, uh, there are, there's a huge market actually for buying these skins. There's a, there are definitely some, some websites out there where you can go on and let's say you have a Rocket League skin that you really like on the car or you need, want some sweet tires or something. You can buy that and then get it transferred to you. So yeah. But it's centralized. Sure. But right now, you know, these things. Yeah. Right now. So at some point, like, you know, when you own it, you're going to you're just going to have it and uh, you're going to be able to use you're going to be able to bounce game. See that this is what seems like it seems crazy to me, though. Like you're just going to be able to bring a gun from Fortnite into Counter-Strike is what you're saying. It's programmed that way. So you basically have to use what's called the SDK, their software development. kit. Yeah. And it has to work between the games. Now, a lot of games are using the same engine. So if they're, if like six different games are using the Unreal Engine, it's not really that difficult to program a, like a shirt that works in all the games or a skin. So it's now you're not going to be able to change what it does in the game. At least you wouldn't be able to do that unless you had all the developers on board because you could create something too powerful or something like that. But Maybe if you wanted something to work in Elder Scrolls 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, you might be able to do that as long as it can, works inside the rules of the game. So maybe the same developer, maybe Bethesda says, all of our games you can use this thing, and it does these things in all of the games. Yeah. But most of the time, it's probably just going to be aesthetic, which is where a lot of these things go anyways. So if you put a ninja jersey on, for instance, in Fortnite, and you want to take that from Fortnite to CSGO, and you want to take that and put it in League of Legends on your character in there, or whatever the case, then that's how it would work game to game to game. It would just be visual and not uh, something that worked with the mechanics of the game. Yeah, so basically, in the moving forward, a lot of these games, aka like Engine Craft or whatever, anything that is made on the same network or using the same engine is going yeah. to have this kind of programmed in. Yeah, it'll start small and and get bigger and bigger and it's pretty cool. And specifically with engine, part of what drives the demand for engine coin is that you have to build the engine into the item. You have to lock it in there. So, if you join our Patreon, uh the Crypto Basic Podcast Patreon and you become a $1 per episode donation or more, you get a non-fungible Crypto Basic Podcast Patreon supporter token. There are only 87 of them left, I believe. We are not going to create more than the 100. You are just going to be, that is, we won't do like round two or anything like that. These are it. So if you want to get your hands on these, you'll have to join our Patreon. We we love it when everyone joins that. Keeps us afloat. It's the best thing ever. We try to put a little bit of extra content on there when we can. But each one of them has five engine tokens baked into it. And you can melt it down to get those five engine tokens if you want. Now, that creates scarcity in the supply of these Crypto Basic Podcast Patreon supporter tokens. So uh, as people decide they're not going to hodl their engine anymore and they melt it down and sell it, that makes your token that much more valuable, Crypto Basic Podcast peeps. There you go. Or basic bitches. So, uh, Brent, we actually have a new section. Uh, Do you want to... Yes, uh, we do. Tell the listeners... 
we have a new section, and if we have the drop done, I, I gave it to Jason last second. If he got this done, he's a champ. He would insert it here. No, 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 no. That's right. This section is called Lots of Scam. <laughs> Look, I think we're just going to have plenty of material for this section, and it's unfortunate, but so many of these projects are going to be accidentally or purposely or some combination of the two exit scamming because they were not built to handle a bear market and the incentives are just not aligned. So every week it seems like there's something new. So it's time. We're just going to talk about this stuff. And Adam is only fitting to kick off this stupid section with the daddy. Bitconnect. I mean, man, it is still, it was honestly the meme of the year. Carlos Matos. But yeah, so BitConnect is coming back. I know this just seems absurd. It seems ridiculous. And it seems it couldn't possibly be true. But yes, it's true. BitConnect version 2.0 is coming back July 1st. The website is up. And the, I, I guess it, what I think is they're just trying to capture people who are somehow not on they're just not on the internet or they're not on social media or something. They don't, they don't check things. They don't Google. They just have a lot of faith in people and things that they don't know. No, you know, I don't think BitConnect had a single picture of a person on their website that was, that worked for BitConnect. It was completely anonymous. <laughs> you know, yeah, I remember, you know, and here they are again, trying to make it happen. But I think that Crypto Basic podcast, one of the large reasons that this this podcast was created, I, I was not there when it started. Actually, it kind of was. I was in the Discord where it actually did materialize, but was to stop scams, to educate listeners, to educate people in this space because it is fucking complicated. It, it Every day, me and you are trying to figure out what the hell... Like, you know, a lot of the the real, you know, studs in this space are even talking about. You ever see a Vitalik tweet? It's indecipherable sometimes because he's talking <laughs> about such such yeah. techie dev type of stuff that even when he's not, it's just like, huh, you're you're it's just basically like you're super fucking intelligent and I'm just going to let you make the big decisions. But yeah, we just so we're here to educate you and you need to educate anyone who happens to even sniff this BitConnect scam again happening. It just can't. Adam, I have good news for you. Mm -hmm. It appears to be a joke. So I, I thought that it was at first, but I also tweeted out that it was super important to report that account for everybody, you know. Jack at Twitter understands what BitConnect is, I promise you. And I reported the account. Hopefully some of our followers did as well. Uh, the account is gone. So there is no BitConnect 2.0 Twitter account. That website, which I'm not even going to do them the service of saying it, it's either a really bad joke or it's actually BitConnect, and I am not interested in anyone going. This will not be in the show notes. Uh, they The website just has affiliate links for like Binance and shit up on it now. So the, And they're trying to sell the domain. So, uh, yeah, it's not a real account. Well, it's crazy because I checked two days ago and everything was up and uh, running. It looked legitimate. Oh, I'm sorry. The account's still there. It, they replaced it with one a picture of like somebody peeing. 
No, no, no. I saw the Twitter account. So then I dug a little deeper and then I found the actual, like where the article, like the first initial where it was reported. And then I found, you know, the the website, but it appears looking at the website now that yes, it's just a landing page for Ledger and Binance and BitMEX if you want to sign up. Yeah. All of which you can find in our show notes. So don't go to that website because that's a scam. All right. Well, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like that was a good rant, though. I went on a pretty yeah. good rant there, and it was all was for not. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and that's why I let you go. You just I let me like, go. Uh, you know, I'm going to let him do this. this. Is You know, you're passionate. I was passionate. I had a good rant lined up for, you know, talking about how I wasn't going to make any more jokes. Like, this is serious. If they're coming back or the jokes are just helping them. But they're not coming back, so it's okay. It's all right. But there is some actual legitimate scams that you... Uh, Maybe not actual legitimate, but you know they they may be scams. They may be, they may be. So so this section is never going to be like this is definitely a scam, but this stuff is eyebrow raising for sure. Hit BTC is the uh, the subject of this one. You've heard me say it before. Hit BTC is fucking terrible. Don't use it. Just don't. There's no reason to use Hit BTC. There are better options out there. It is. A terrible exchange. In fact, when I met uh, Luke from CoinMarketCap, when we were at the Beyond Blocks conference, the guy who had brought us there, uh, his name was Saber, he comes in between us and he's like, hey, Brent, did you tell Luke what you think about their advertising? Because <laughs> he had listened to the show and he knew that I had been pissed off at CoinMarketCap for pushing uh, HitBTC and not making it clear that it was an ad. Uh, and we actually had a discussion about that. And what's funny is they they had fixed it already, and I just hadn't looked. And he's like, "Yeah, that was stupid. You know, we shouldn't have done that." And and whatever. Luke ended up being an awesome guy. Uh, I hope I get to see him again. He was on Kareem's panel. If you want to watch that video. <laughs> but anyway, hit BTC, the world's most advanced crypto exchange is te- just don't use it. I said this about Cryptopia in the, back in the day, and I'm saying it, and I've been saying it. I'm saying it again now about hit BTC. There's no reason to do this. And if you do, understand that you are taking a massive, massive, massive risk by using this website. You already were before I knew what I'm about to tell you. And now it's even worse. So uh, a website named uh, Crypto Intelligence has reported that CoinFirm, and they're all affiliated with each other uh, from their partner with, and they're a blockchain research firm. So again, they have a little bit of skin in the game here to find this kind of stuff because it makes them look good. It makes you want to hire them, right? Uh, They did an analysis on HitBTC's wallets and found that they only have $3 million worth of coins stored on them. Now, we don't know how much they purport to hold in their wallets because they're not going to make users' accounts public, right? But we know that there are red flags, and these red flags around this $3 million are really concerning. So first, the reserves. Let's talk about them. Here's the big thing about the reserves. Every Ethereum that they have in their storage, they have $31.5 thousand dollars worth of trade volume reported. Kraken, for each Ethereum that they have in their storage, they have five dollars worth of trade volume at you know at, on a one-to-one basis. Bittrex has six dollars, Kraken has 20, and HitBTC has 31.5 thousand. So what is this showing exactly? For you know, it's so the, showing I mean, that I, they I, have a massive, massive amount of volume compared to how much Ethereum that they have sitting there. Now, 
in their whole in their wallet, they have four thousand nine hundred forty five point eighteen Ethereum on the day that they did this audit. Now to compare that to Kraken, they have two point nine million Ethereum. Bitrix is one point four million. Poloniex is one point two. So the volume on the website per each Ethereum that they have is the big difference. So you yeah. would expect that if they have that few sitting in a cold or sitting in a wallet for their reserves, that their volume would be representative of that. Unless it's just tons and tons and tons of wash trading, right? So you're saying that it's it's just fake trade or uh, fabricated. There are two options. The trade, the it's volume. either fake trading. It, it it could just be a lot of wash trading. It could be a lot of fake trading, or they don't have anywhere near the amount of money that they're supposed to have to cover the people that are trading on their platform. So it it's not in and of itself damning. There's more that we're going to get into, but it is something that is <laughs> that should absolutely raise an eyebrow. We look at Bitcoin. For each Bitcoin, they have $2.2 million in volume that they hold. Comparatively, Kraken is $1,000, Bitrix is $630, and Poloniex is $2,900. So they are more than, or they're like 100 times the closest competitor in that case. Wow. That's extremely scary. So again, either a massive, massive amount of fake trading, or there is something seriously wrong with their reserves, um, and we're going to go more into it. We'll see. We'll see more about this. Tons of reported withdrawal issues with regard to their know your customer and anti-money laundering system. They require nothing in the way of ID to get on. You can trade immediately. No ID required. But they selectively will choose who has to give ID on the way out. So there are tons of stories out there and you can find them. They're in the link in the show notes of people who will try to send out half a million dollars and then get stuck in KYC AML for five months, six months, Jeez. and they still haven't had any resolution on it. So it, that's another red flag because I saw one insolvent. the other day. There was some. It was one yeah. of the top Reddit posts, I think, in cryptocurrency. Yep, CryptoMonk, I think, was signal boosting that, trying to help somebody out. But it's a big problem, and, and that's anecdotal. But it's anecdotal in a way that's pretty consistent. So again, neither of those taken alone is insolvent but once you start to piece the puzzle together it starts to look a little bit more like they're insolvent they also have 10 times the withdrawal fees of any other crypto exchange and they have some that are as high as 40 times other crypto exchanges so they're clearly trying to incentivize people to keep their money on the exchange it, you know, if, if it costs you $8 to take your $100 in Bitcoin off, you might just leave it there. Yeah, that's what happened to me. I had some coins on there and then it was like going to be like, oh, we're taking 45 of your tokens, of your 300 tokens to transfer yeah. out. But like, I think I'm just going to have, you know, yeah, you have to, you should just do that. Four, th- 355 is better than zero or 255 yeah. is better than zero. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so their fees are massive. So another another way they're trying to stop people from coming off they they're trying to keep the money on there finally and this is another big red flag i understand this is crypto i understand satoshi nakamoto created this space and we look at him and we look up to him their entire team is fucking anonymous when has that ever worked out we just talked about it bitconnect their entire team was anonymous it does you know not. Who else was anonymous bruno blocks the guy who fucking scammed earlier an anonymous team behind a massive exchange is a red flag no matter how much you want to be 
on the side of crypto anarchy, you have to take this as a red flag. And when you combine it with the rest, what you have is a ridiculously risky situation for using HitBTC. If your coin is only available on HitBTC, you should do two things. You should reevaluate whether you even want to get that coin. And two, you need to get on and get off and realize you're going to be paying a hefty fee in the process. And you know what? You might not even get off if your trade is big enough because they might just decide, nah, too big. We're going to have to get some know your customer done. So don't touch hit BTC, man. There's yeah. just no reason. There are so many options out there, much better options. Bittrex, Binance, between the two of them, you have almost every shitcoin you could possibly want. And then some. So just use them. Don't use this stupid site. <sighs> All right. Yeah. Binance, Coinbase, Kraken, and maybe maybe Gemini and you know Yeah, no, these there's a lot of reputable exchanges. I didn't list them all. I just listed the ones that like if you're really looking for a fringe coin, those two should include it. Yeah. And if it's more fringe than that, so you're already taking a massive risk by touching a coin that's that higher risk. You're just magnitude increasing your risk by touching hit BTC. Definitely. Or any tiny ass exchange. So just be careful, man. Be careful. And uh, Brent, let's uh, tackle the tether situation. Ah, uh, that's a scam. All right, <laughs> more more tether situation coming up. <laughs> it's just, it never stops. It never stops, dude. So tether has now admitted that they're keeping some of their reserve in Bitcoin. Remember when it was cash and cash equivalents? No, now it's and Bitcoin. Who knows what else they've been keeping it in? Their lawyer, David Miller, admitted that they had invested Bitcoin with their reserves. And this is the quote from him. Prior to the 24th order, Tether actually did invest in instruments in instruments beyond cash and cash equivalents, including Bitcoin. They bought Bitcoin. So he goes on to act like it's ridiculous and the court is overstepping their boundaries to, to care about what their investments are. <laughs> even though they list off it's cash and cash equivalents and before cash equivalents it was just supposed to be cash right yeah so miller argued that the attorney general's office wants to have restricted language that limits tether's investments to cash or cash equivalents because quote unquote they don't like some of tether's investments so he's just literally saying you guys don't like crypto that's why you're not letting us invest in crypto that's that's his fucking argument Miller claims that the Attorney General's office is acting beyond its jurisdiction and trying to exert regulatory authority. That's the the rest of that article. Um, He said it was a small amount. Who knows what a small amount is? But we do know that uh, post this, Paolo Arduino, the CTO of Bitfinex, which of course is totally different from Tether, right? Said in a tweet that Tether owned 0.076 Bitcoin. Uh, which clearly this is not about 0.076 Bitcoin. So the, he's just like, nah, no, it's just, we only own like dust of Bitcoin. It's fine. It's no big deal. <laughs> uh, and he was talking about specifically May 16th, which is after all of this stuff happened. So um, the Stuart Hogner, the general counsel for both Bitfinex and Twitter, referred to this report as nothing, neither breaking nor news. Actually, I agree with him. It's not breaking and it's not news. Tether is a fucking scam. Like they they do not have what they purported to have. They are not what they presented themselves as. And you need to stop making it right for them. Stop trading into and out of Tether. Put yeah. pressure on these exchanges to stop using Tether as a base pair. We should not be involved in Tether at all. And any Bitcoin maximalists that think it's okay to align themselves with Tether are wrong. They just are wrong. 
you wouldn't stand for this in anything else. This is worse than fractional reserve banking. If fractional reserve banking was investing in one of the most volatile assets on the planet, it would literally be worse than what it is today. So, so you know what's crazy is that I, for some reason, recognized Stuart Hogner, uh, general counsel for Bitfinex and Tether, and I guess he is also he's an international gaming and cryptocurrency attorney and accountant. So he definitely like uh, when you look at his Twitter, I, I've I follow sixty people that follow him. So interesting, yeah. So I guess he's pretty, you know. Hey, there's the intersection of gaming and crypto. You know, this guy is representing both of a. I don't know. I'm I'm unsure what he's done in the past within the like the poker space, but uh, I'll have to look into that a little bit later. But still, well, he currently represents two of the scummiest companies in crypto. So my guess is, if he was involved in the poker space, it would be with companies like Ultimate Bet or Absolute Poker or maybe uh, Full Tilt Poker, something like that. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, anyway, yeah. Hey, hey, Stewart, if you want to come on the show and tell me why it's okay for Tether to be investing in Bitcoin, bring it. I'll I'll have an argument with a lawyer live on air. I'll be nice. I won't swear. He actually come did a. Uh, under the gun card player TV segment, which was like explaining internet poker and stuff. I'm not, I don't know, but yeah, so he was pretty involved, I guess, probably pre black Friday before uh, poker kind of died out uh, for a bit. And uh, do you want to talk about one last scam? Here's another one. Now this is pretty new. Uh, looks pretty damning. I would say the jury's still out a little bit. I, I mean, there's nothing you can do at this point, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, Coben Hood has apparently exit scammed after they just did a second ICO, basically. Uh, very similar to the Substratum second ICO situation. Hopefully, these don't become a thing. But uh, they had an ICO in 2017. They raised $13 million, but they decided to do another one. Uh, so they're currently their coin is COB. They decided to do another one called Dexon. They did it as a partnership, but it had the exact same CEO. Uh, the guy was named Popo. Uh, he has like a real name, but I'm not even going to. His nickname is Popo. Uh, they raised $3 million for that one. So they sent out the tokens, but the, the contract was still locked to everybody. They unlocked the contract and immediately dumped all the tokens that they had. And then almost immediately again, filed for bankruptcy and went into liquidation. Jeez. So, yeah, th- there was some drama with the guy Popo being removed as the founder at some point. And I'm in their telegram right before I got on the air. I decided to go in and give him a chance to give me some information that I might not be getting from these articles. Uh, that, as usual with like these communities that are part of scam coins and they're, they're, grasping at straws they were they were aggressive they said why don't you just scroll up and read it for yourself and i was like look guys i'm recording the episode now so if there's something you want me to mention and you think would be helpful for you i will do it they linked me two different sites that did not load one called b next uh the other one called b next mcom.tw uh neither one of those actually loaded they uh they posted another thing that said um Cobox is secure. I think Cobox is their exchange. Uh, the companies have been dissolved. They're both totally a part of Blocktopia now. So I don't know what Blocktopia is, but just by association, it's I don't want to know. Cryptopia's new company. <laughs> Cryptopia is back as Blocktopia, <laughs> and they've partnered with the other exit scams. That's great. 
they apparently were based in Taiwan. They fired all their Taiwanese employees. A new little team is going to take over, blah, blah, blah. All the standard damage control shit that these exit scammers do, you never know. It, it went from $0.12 cents to $0.02 cents within like a 24-hour period. Uh, and they're disputing that the team dumped. But the article that we have has a bunch of links to wallets. I don't think Cobbin Hood's been anywhere close to $0.12 cents for a long time. But uh, maybe they tried to pump it and then got out or, oh no i'm sorry dxn was 12 oh, cents. okay never so even the, heard the of that. dxn went 12 cents to two dx that's the token they just released yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay so um big pump and dump and they said basically people screamed exit because the nodes were, nodes were taken offline so uh yeah again they've been kicking out anybody that comes in there and spreads fud uh, i haven't been kicked out yet because i said it fairly neutrally they didn't respond nicely to me but they did um Give me something eventually. So that's, so that's what we got. Scam. That's a scam, probably. All right, that's it. That's the new, that's the scam section. I hope we don't have four new scams every single week to talk about, and that's a scam. But if you're interested in giving us some information on a scam, or more importantly, I really want to have an interview with one of these people. I want to get Justin Tab on the show. I want to get Bruno Blocks on the show. I want to get one of these people on the show and pick their brain. Can we please get Justin's son on the show? Well, Justin's son hasn't really scammed anybody yet. I don't like him. He's he's slime ball. He, he hasn't exit scammed yet. Like I, was just I don't doing think he's the, gonna produce anything. I was just doing the Tron bit, but uh, oh, yeah, oh you're right. I forgot you love Tron. Yeah, it's all right. We have so many running jokes. It's hard to keep up sometimes. Yeah, don't, maybe we'll have a solution for that in the future. Spoiler. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I would love to have one of these people on the show. It'll be a hostile interview. You're going to have to answer the hard questions. I don't mind giving somebody a professional hostile interview. It can be done. Come on the show. I've made that offer for every single person that I've said something bad about. If you are one of these turd balls, if you run hit BTC, get on here. Tell me why it's okay to do what you're doing. Anyway, that's it. That, 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 that's good. We're moving on from that. Uh, we had a little mailbag question. It's pretty involved. I don't know. Uh, she had asked for a quick answer. So I'm going to read this off and we'll see what we can what we can do. It involves your new favorite word, Adam. So this is from Millie in the Discord. She wrote, I read an article at the Bitcoinist about JP Morgan telling people that the U.S.-China trade war could boost safe haven currencies. Do you think it's likely that the weakening yuan will push the Chinese to use crypto as the safe haven asset now that Russia has already bought the gold. That's from Millie. Meet M-I-L-I. I, I, do, I do think that this is definitely... Uh, well, uh, funny enough, in, in the Tim Draper interview... They were like, he, someone was, uh, the question was like, what about the trade war? And he was like, it's not really a trade war. It's just two countries, you know, making some sanctions and stuff. And I, and I kind of agree. Like branding the trade war is just, I know. mm, I mean, just branding it a a trade war seems kind of like, uh, sensationalist to some extent. Regardless, uh, I do think that there are going to be certain causes that make crypto a lot safer in the short term. I mean, maybe in the long term as well. But uh, yeah, I could definitely see uh, a lot of the Chinese deciding to um, kind of move that direction. What do you think? So the interesting thing here is I don't consider crypto a safe asset compared to even a slightly declining world power currency. 
I, I just don't. I don't see crypto as a safe asset compared to the euro. I don't see it as a safe asset compared to the dollar. Um, I see it as a good asset for the risk reward profile that it provides, and I will continue to buy the asset. And eventually, I'm hoping that it will be comparable to one of these other big powers coins. But they're not there yet, and it isn't a good solution for being safe yet. Yeah, now, I don't know like, what the Chinese sanctions are on owning the dollar. I think they can. I think they can own it if they want. So it would be more likely that they would just move into the dollar rather than into crypto. But the especially when some things are very difficult to do with crypto in China. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that it's that it's like not good for crypto that a a currency is struggling. Uh, and I don't want to see anybody's currency fall. You know, I, in a perfect world. Bitcoin just gets up there and works alongside the dollar, alongside the yuan, alongside yeah. the yen. In places but, like Venezuela, you know, it really is. I would go as far to say it's a safe haven. You know? Yes. If you have a completely corrupt regime and it is collapsing, then yes, it is safe. Like, I, I feel like if you were in Havana, Cuba, you might really be interested in learning how cryptocurrency works. What is the, um, so, sorry to interrupt, but what is the Russia has already bought the gold? What is, what is she referring to? I don't really know what that means. So I would imagine there's some, I, I didn't read the article. There wasn't a link, so I didn't, uh, I didn't go that far, but the gold to me doesn't sound like Bitcoin. I've, although I, I know that Russia is fairly pro crypto or at least they have, um, I guess they bought 55, 550,000 ounces of, uh, gold as of yesterday. They bought yesterday. I mean, or that, oh, okay. that's the report. So, so, so if they bought a shit ton of gold, um, then that that would mean that they are hoping for some sort of stability, I guess. Um, gold is only as valuable as, you know, people want it to be. Gold is reasonably volatile, too. So, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not an economist. I don't know how this thing, how this stuff plays out. Uh, I don't know how the trade war plays out. I don't know how people decide to move their money. It, if it was me and I saw the dollar weakening, yeah, I would probably move a little bit more of my money into cryptocurrency. But that is me. <laughs> That's not the, the average person. 80% of college students, when they were asked if they wanted one Bitcoin or $1, chose to take $1. So, you know, in a recent poll. So, you know, we're not, we're not there yet. No. Um, for crypto as a, but, but I think that it, it is likely that those Chinese that do choose that route will be du- doubly rewarded if they're, if their currency falls versus the dollar and Bitcoin if, goes up versus the if dollar. If they're willing to stick it out, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not a safe haven because it's not really a safe asset. You know, it, right. it's just, you know, because or it's going to go up and down very it's exceptionally volatile. Yeah. Exceptionally. I mean, the amount of price change we've had in just the last couple of weeks, it's been nice that it's been in an upward trajectory, but the idea that something could be worth 20,000 and then be worth what what did it get down to like 3,000 and then right back up to you know 8 or 9,000 is very very scary and there is nothing quote unquote safe about that it's completely speculative so when you're investing in this stuff and when you're participating in cryptocurrencies you got to understand the risk that you're taking on and we say it all the time and we're going to say it again right now just cuz it seems pretty applicable we are not financial advisors you need to do your own research on all of your investments. They have inherent risk, but in crypto, it is even bigger than you would normally expect. The You could just look at the volatility charts to see that. Uh, do your own research. Never invest more than you can afford to lose and never leave any money on exchanges that would ever emotionally hurt you. 
and then never leave anything on hit BTC. Yeah. If uh, maybe if who, do you know who reported the Craig Wright article? You know where there there are main where there were, it was definitely some main news sources. But if they had done their own research, you know, if they they had done their own research, maybe they would not have reported these things. You know, it's like sometimes it's like, oh, this is just this is just what it means. Not, oh, God, he's, you know, trying to get going to get have the bullish or bullshit section. I mean, you got to do level two on these things. You need to you need to take it one step further. You need to just just check. There's not a lot of oversight in, in journalism in general. There's definitely not a lot of oversight in crypto journalism because. There is a lot of um, I, I, one thing I would recommend bias. that I, I, is a great tool that is is under. I think people don't realize, and it's just I, I've just learned it because I've been on Twitter for so long. But you do a Google, you Google whatever the 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 article or whatever you heard is the phrase, like you know maybe maybe it's Bitfinex. You Google that, and then you go on Twitter and also search the same phrase because you'll f- end up finding a lot of uh you go top you go latest you just you just need to see cuz it's a different news source that is completely you know the algorithm's com- completely different and a lot of times on Twitter and Reddit you end up finding things that are not as SEO driven which is very yeah. important and you got to get outside your bubble yeah. Reddit is not always the best source of information i get a lot of information from Reddit but i know to double check i know to go to other places because just because people are like-minded doesn't mean they're always right. Just because somebody thinks like me does not mean they come to the correct conclusions. So I always will advocate this. Always look and understand your opponent's position, especially if it's on something big. You know, like there, if you're on one of those hot button issues, if you're talking about abortion, gun control, vaccines, any of that stuff, understand the opposing position as well as you would if you believed the opposing position. And you will then be able to come up with a very good conclusion, hopefully. Yes. I think this was a good little uh, tangent we went on regarding just, you know, kind of how to do some research and yep, how to stay vigilant and safe in this unregulated space. All right. I, th- I think that's it for today, right? Yep. All right. Join us on Discord. Join the conversation in Discord. We're there all the time. Uh, that we get a lot of our questions from the discord we're always cracking jokes adam's in there pumping tron we've got an emoji that if you type in adam it brings up the tron symbol uh rate us on itunes we have amazing ratings there i was do like not own tron uh, just <laughs> have to reiterate that occasionally to any new listeners i'm not a tron boy but they do like to troll me being one <laughs> follow us on twitter at crypto basic pod you can tip with brave on Twitter now with a basic attention token only in the development build at the moment, but it'll be live. We're verified as a publisher on there. So you'll even be able to tip us with that bat. Even though I know like the tipping is a little bit wonky. Sometimes Uh, you can follow us on Reddit crypto, basic Brent and Adam is at ruthless on Twitter. I'm at Brentity. And that is uh, that, you know, I I used to be chubby, chubby crypto, but it didn't really stick. So, and then someone stole your name anyway. So, you know, what are you going to do? I swear we're going to do a newsletter sometime soon. It's been on our to-do list. We're going to make it different than the content that we have here. We'll talk about some really cool things on the newsletter that you won't get anywhere else. You can sign up for that link on the bottom of CurtTheBasicPodcast.com. Otherwise, we're not financial advisors. I already said all that like three minutes ago. I'm not going to reiterate it. We're going to sign off. I'm Brent. I've been here with Adam. Stay away from scams. See you guys later.